Welcome back to the Growing Presence Podcast. My name is Amanda Tennant. I'm your PCI Certified Parent Coach. I work with parents in Abu Dhabi, UAE, as well as the world via Skype. We're going to continue our journey through the 25 parenting tips. This is my gift for you this Ramadan, Ramadan Mubarak. Our focus today is on a new topic of connection in the five topics of care, connection, curiosity, creativity, and community. Connection is the one that cannot exist without the other. (laughs) There's going to be a lot of overlap with care, and that's intentional, because in order to parent well, first have to attend to your own needs. Tip number six, make a plan to connect with kindness to yourself and others in your family at least three times a day. Of course, you can have variations on this. There are a lot of ways that you can form a better relationship with yourself so that you can take care of others, and one of them is gratitude. Having a gratitude journal or just extending uh, kindness and gratitude to yourself throughout the day setting a time for it. Uh, Some people, I know there's a coach that I uh, did my certification with, Heba Fauzi, who works in Cairo, Egypt. She recommends gratitude right before bed, three little pieces of uh, kind of happiness, of what you did to make the day better, what you're grateful for every day. My mother, Lindy Tenen, recommends a journal and having a journal where you write down at least three pieces uh, or three um, things you're grateful for each day and going through that journal at the end of a year is a really profound experience, she explains. It's up to you what you do to make yourself consciously attend to you. But that is what we have to do as parents. We have to take care of ourselves before we can take care of others. In coaching, we say what we focus on grows. So if we are focusing on the growth, the connection, the kindness, then that is what's going to grow. The positivity, the abundance. Now, I find this word kind of funny because when I was younger and I was watching shows like Oprah, where we really did first hear these terms of abundance. And this has been going on in circles in America for a very long time that we were far removed from until Oprah came and kind of opened our eyes in America. I'm an American. And I would kind of laugh about this and snicker like, abundance, what what is this? So if you're feeling the same way that I was feeling back then, you're not there yet. Because absolutely, when you start to see the world through an eye of abundance and not through the eye of looking for the deficit or what's missing or what's lacking, you will change your life. A very famous conscious parenting expert, the founder really of conscious parenting, Dr. Shafali Tsibari, talks about looking at the world through uh, the eyes of lack versus abundance. If you feel like everything is kind of negative all the time and you can't see a positive. And I always tell this to my coaching clients. You are not in a coaching space yet. You're, you're maybe capable of getting there, but you're not quite ready. A coach, 
ethically should not be working with someone who is not looking to the future with at least a little bit of hope. You can be in a challenge. You can have a situation that's going on in your life that is making it difficult for you to parent well or to feel like you're parenting well because often our parents are parenting well. We just don't feel like what we're doing is good enough. We don't feel like we are good enough. We don't feel like we are enough. And I was talking with a very lovely lady in Abu Dhabi the other day, and I was just trying to, to nail the, the issue was, you are enough. And so many of our parents in this world today, because of the information, glut of information we have on the internet, because of the appearances, maybe they're seeing Instagram photos, or maybe outside parents are acting a certain way, but when they get inside, we know the reality is not everyone is going to be perfectly calm all the time with their children. Not everyone is always going to have children that behave a certain way. But we need to extend kindness to ourselves first before we can do anything else and take away this idea that other people are watching us. If they are, they're not really meant to be in our circles, are they? You are good enough. Even if why it can happen. Even if you're hitting your child right now and you're, you have a short fuse. Of course, I'm a respectful parenting coach, and I can help you with this and, and teach you ways to discipline a child. We know this is not a good way to discipline a child in terms of, of long-term thinking about their growth, their needs, their physical health is impacted by, by hitting. It's also impacted by ignoring them. But if you're not attending to your needs, if you're not taking care of yourself, then these things will happen. So whatever situation is going on, if you have a spouse that's abusing you and there's a lot of things going on in the environment that you cannot control, you are good enough. You are good enough. And I hope you choose kindness. I hope you choose yourself. In the end, that's the greatest gift we can give our children and in the end, it's the greatest gift we can give ourselves. And it's important to extend these little gifts of kindness to ourselves. It's not selfish. It's how we survive by attending to our own needs first. You are enough. Daddies and mommies, you are enough. Hi, Little Gifts community, and welcome back to the Growing Presence podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Tenen, a PCI certified parent coach and Montessori infant toddler certified parenting educator in Abu Dhabi. Today, we're going to continue with our 25 tips and five squared parenting tips into the world of connection. Tip number seven, quality connection with your child requires your full and consistent presence in little moments. I want to stress that little part. It seems to me that some parents have an idea, particularly when they have one child, that their world needs to revolve around that child. I can tell you from experience that after giving birth to our first child, my 
husband and I went through a lot of problems because we were putting too much stress on the parenting part of our relationship and too little on nurturing our parenting partnership. It was also a lot of burden for our child to bear because when you are living for your child, so to speak, you're very intense and kind of anxious about things because you are doing everything, making everything revolve around this little tiny creature who already believes everything revolves around him or her anyway because they don't have the cortical development to know any better. Our job is to guide this little guest that's in our home. And I really look at that baby as a little guest. This little welcome guest, we hope. And what do we want to do for this little guest? How can we provide an environment that will allow our little guest to grow and mature and develop skills that will give them the chance to have success in their life, in their relationships, and also find moments of happiness but not be so taken aback by failure. It's a very tall order, and in modern parenting, you have a paradigmatic shift into focusing not on the child's behavior, but on the adult and on the parent. As a respectful parenting educator in Abu Dhabi, I know a lot of people read a lot. They're on Facebook and social media, they're reading books, they're listening to podcasts. There's a lot of awareness, there's a hyper-awareness of parenting, but there's all kind of a hypo-awareness of what's going on inside that individual parent and what they want for their child. So when we let other people decide what we can do and what's comfortable for us, it can be very difficult to go about our day living in disalignment from our value system. As a parent coach, what I really want to do is help people to live in alignment with their values. And trust me, you're going to gravitate towards me if you want respectful parenting because what I'm saying is going to resonate with you. It's going to be something that says, yes, this is, this is what I want, or this is moving towards the direction of what I want. Respectful parenting is parenting without reward or punishment. That doesn't mean when I coach clients because my parenting education end is is very specific. But as a coach, I coach a number of parents representing different parenting paradigms. And I don't judge. I've chosen a certain path, and I can help people who want to follow this path that's inspired by Montessori or Magda Gerber and disrespectful parenting disciplines. I do agree that there are things that work that are outside that realm. For example, positive discipline and positive reinforcement. However, that's not what I focus on in my parenting education. In my coaching, I focus on what you do best to make it even better. And I will tell you a bit more about what the research says about how to raise children to 
provide them with the competencies to succeed, what real connection looks like. And that's what we're going to talk about today. This is an ongoing co-learning process that we're going through. I'm a parent. I have a five-year-old and a 23-month-old. I've been blessed with beautiful little souls in my home. These little guests have taught me so much, but they're not solely there to teach me something. I need to lead them. And through the parenting journey that I've gone on, alongside the study that I've done, four years of Montessori and one year of the Parent Coaching Institute's program, which is, I highly recommend the program. It's at a master's level at Seattle Pacific University in Washington. I've learned that I was not the leader that I thought I was. I learned that I needed to convey boundaries and limits to my child and also to my students. And I could tell you some very funny stories about my time trying to teach uh, at Montessori's here. But there was a lot of failure that brought me to many new conclusions about what respectful parenting means, how we can so easily become permissive in our parenting and make our children confused or think that we are not sticking to our boundaries. So there, there's a tendency for an extreme to happen. However, when someone says that you can spoil a baby or when someone says that you can spoil your four or five year old when they're crying and you take care of them. When someone says that your 10 year old who tends to be emotionally feeling doesn't need that uh, type of connection from you. We know they're wrong. So if you're that type of parent that you just have this feeling that your kid needs you in a certain way, then you're right. You're not spoiling your child. You're actually helping them to grow by giving them the tools to succeed in life, by showing them empathy, extending kindness to them, and hopefully you're extending kindness to yourself so it's not confusing for them. Because if you're the type of mom or dad who does everything for everyone else, but you don't give to yourself, you're sending a mixed message, right? And if you're the type, so this is me, if you're the type of mom or dad that is very loving and creative and love to give experiences to your child, but tend to be less comfortable with connection. And this is something I learned on my parenting journey. For whatever reason, I'm not that type of parent that can easily connect. I have to think about it. I actually have to actively, I feel like a robot sometimes. Amanda, eye contact. Okay, you've got to touch. Well, you got to do this. You know, this is this is where I'm coming from. And I have a very feeling mother. It was very connected and very physical, but my actual nature was very different from that. And once I started to live on my own as an expat, and I think a lot of expats can can agree, or just living alone away from your family, if you're doing that, that you can start to realize that you're not the person you were. Uh, you were exactly. 20 years ago, or that being away from your family, you started to come into your own, and coming into your own made you realize, well, maybe I'm not that touchy feeling, maybe I'm not that connected, and then that's okay. But in some ways, that can hold us back in parenting, because connection is 
everything. Connection is how we make our children understand our love and feel secure. If you're having a problem with connection, absolutely you need to attend to this problem. You're not spoiling your child. You're not going to make things worse. You're not going to make them, uh, you know, dependent on you. Actually, the paradox, just like the paradox of self-care, there's a paradox of independence. I studied it in Montessori as well as the PCI training. Paradox of independence is the more time we spend quality connected time with our children, or what a lot of the modern research is called, being attuned to our children and vice versa, having this interbrain connection continue to grow past baby stage where our emotions, our anxieties and everything are going to be felt through our children and vice versa. And sometimes we can get confused about where our emotions begin and theirs uh, end or going back and forth. Like when your child is suffering, we start to suffer and we have this empathy, but we have a deeper empathy with our children. Well, it's because we've known them for a very long time and we have this connection with them that is almost like telepathy and it's incredible what they know now about our brains and how we connect to each other so trust your gut mama and daddy you know there are a lot of feeling daddies out there too trust your gut if you think you need to get closer to your child you are right the closer you get to your child to make them feel that safety and security and some children they're not going to feel as safe and secure as easily. They're going to tend to be more anxious. So you know your child best. You know how to respond to them. You know how to give them what they need. And maybe you're on the journey like me where you don't have that full awareness. And so it's you're just kind of doing the push-pull, trying to see where where it goes, what's, what's needed for, for one over the other. So I have two children that need very different uh, levels of, of attention and care. And that's okay. And connection. Both of them need connection. It's just that one of them needs a little bit more. And the other one doesn't really show the need. So I have to be very aware that I connect every day in these little moments. And separately from the others. And when you start to have more children... You start to have issues with connection because you feel like, oh, I need to have this little bit or this. You don't need to have that much. If you have four or five children, mashallah, if you have more than that, it's the quality that you extend, not the quantity. So really just give yourself that gentleness and that kindness. Their relationship is going to be different. A lot of times when you have multiple children, even cousins and, and friends all together, they're going to... Uh, be close to each other and, you know, going to have moments when they like being around each other and don't like being around each other and they'll come to you and when they come to you, it's they're coming for that connection and they're coming for that attunement. They're coming for that refinement of the the senses. Just be patient. Some kids are going to need a lot more of you in the beginning and that's so they can have that independence later. So the closer they are to you, the more they feel safe to go further away from you. And it's going to vary according to children. 
But again, with connection, there's something that we have to talk about, and that's devices. A lot of parents come to me and they say, with young kids, for example, my child will only eat if he's in front of the TV or in front of the iPad. And I really want him to have broccoli and all these things, and, and he'll eat those if he's not really thinking about it. I know it's not good for my child, but, you know, this is what I do. I'm not here to cast uh, aspersions upon your parenting and say that this is the most, you know, incorrect way to do things. However, you know your child and you know what they can handle. And if they can't handle it and they're showing uh, signs through their behavior that it's not good for them, or maybe they're overeating, and if you observe them, they're, they're mindlessly eating food, and, and even though they're getting that vitamin, you know, from, from the broccoli, is it really worth it if they're not fully present in eating? And you can think about how this could start a bad habit later on. As a parent, I want to think about how can I foster an environment for my child to have success in everything, in being independent later on, in being able to eat the foods that are going to be healthy for them later on, but knowing right now I have to let go of certain things. Again, it's a process of letting go. So as that child is moving further away from you, you have to let go. As that child is trying to test the boundaries with food, for example, you have to let go. The more you let go in those instances, the more within a few years you're going to see there's not a an issue of doing something just to either please you or to make you upset if you let go of those things. Safety is one thing, and you in your family, you could really value certain uh, kinds of food, and there might be you know, one parent that focuses more on this than the other. So it's up to you and it's up to your individual family. In the end, though, if it's... Taking away connection during caregiving tasks and feeding is a caregiving task, even when they get older, sitting at the table and having conversations together, the more that you can draw your kids into having, uh, looking forward to moments of connection, the better it will be for your team, and I'm called this your team because your family is like a team. Later on, you want to be able to, you know, have that child want to stay to enjoy that team time. With school-age children and a little bit younger children, we want to talk about the fact that your child may be used to you playing with them a lot. Play is so essential for children. Play is absolutely a way that they can connect with their environment, they can show their skills, they can build new competencies, they can um, convey their feelings. Definitely you want to observe play. However, play is for the child. It's the work of the child, again, as Dr. Montessori said. The more we can take ourselves away from their play and allow them to have that as a uh, peace of independence. And the more we can connect with our children in those day-to-day -day tiny things, 
or even the high emotional end. And I'm going to be doing a, a big podcast on tantrums, meltdowns, behavioral issues, that kind of thing, and what an opportunity it is to connect. But it's in the mundane tasks of everyday life that we have opportunities to connect with our children. Ask yourself, at the end of the day, not with judgment, but with love, was I able to connect with my child today? Was I able to make that child feel fully felt? Does he talk about the time that we had together? And there was a really good piece of advice. Um, I read it once in an article, and then I heard it again uh, when we went to his child psychologist about labeling the time you have together with your children, particularly younger children, and saying that this is mommy and X time. And how it makes them feel at ease, particularly children that are a bit anxious, because at the end of the day they can say, I had that time with mom. And this is especially important when you're going through transitions like having a new baby, new school, whatever, that's going to make that child start to say, I'm not having enough time with X or Y or both of you. And maybe you're having lots of time with that child, but they're not feeling it because they are not getting quality connection from you. It's not about the quantity. It's about the consciousness, the mindfulness, the presence. Are you in a, the present moment with your child? Are you not looking at devices? Are you conveying their importance this is something I've been struggling with because I recently started a business. I'm doing a lot of social media. I have to be on the computer a lot. I have to be on my phone a lot. And a great piece of advice I got, I believe it was from another PCI coach that I found this information, but I, I've read it in multiple places. The best way to make your child feel like they are a priority is to prioritize them. So what does that mean? In the morning, don't look at your phone first. Look at your child. This can have a profound impact on the rest of their day. My mommy chooses to look at me and not her device. If you're having problems with your child, no matter what age, and with devices, we need to first look at ourselves. Am I getting quality connection time with my child, or am I thinking about... The time that I won't be with them. Am I thinking about looking forward to the end of the day rather than being in the as is with my child right now, enjoying and being grateful for that opportunity? Every time I read about a child passing away, God forbid, I grow closer in connection in my mind to my child. Why can't we live these little moments with our children with gratitude with joy and with mindfulness again you have to attend to your needs if you are focused on the end goal if you're thinking about when can i get my child to bed so that i can do things for myself you are not giving yourself enough attention and care and connection if you're able to do that and quite easily do that then I applaud you because there are a lot of mothers, and I'll include myself, that are distracted, that are constantly thinking about other things 
and have to rein themselves in to be with their children, especially in this day of social media and modern life. Just going to a mall is a bombardment of the senses. At the end of the day, you know your child best. At the end of the day, if there's an issue, you know where to look. Look within first, Mama and Daddy. You're going to see. Am I connecting with myself so that I can better connect with my child? We'll see you next time when we talk about tip number eight. Take care. And I mean that. Take care.